Father, we thank you that we can be in your presence. We can worship you, that we can honor your name. You are faithful. You are good. You are strong. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We're grateful that we can have your presence with us, Father, here at this church parking lot, but we pray that you would reveal yourself so closely to everyone who's worshiping with us online as well. We lift up your name, Jesus, the name above all names. In your name we pray, amen, amen. There is a small church in a village in Norway. And if you visited it, you would notice in the top of the tower where the bells hang just inside the tower, very high up, there is a figure of a lamb that is carved inside the tower. The story goes that when they were building this church, a worker was high on top of scaffolding and accidentally fell. And his co-workers with great horror saw him fall and they rushed down to the bottom, expecting him to be seriously injured, if not dead. But to their surprise and joy, they noticed that he was okay. He was unharmed. And the reason why he escaped serious injury is because at the precise moment he fell, there was a flock of sheep that gathered right next to the church and he fell in the midst of them. But there was one lamb that took the brunt of his fall. It was crushed to death. This lamb saved this man's life. So at the exact height from which he fell, they carved the figure of the lamb to never forget that this lamb saved this man's life. When John the Baptist first saw Jesus, the first thing he said was, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is not just the Lamb of God, he's the shepherd of the sheep. It's during these hard times that it would be wise to remember the character and nature of God, that we would pray that the Lord would reveal himself close to us, that we would remember his promises, that we would remember his nature. The Lord has revealed and brought back some of the great rich scriptures and passages of the Bible to me. Reminded me that he is a good shepherd. I've always been intrigued by this attribute of Jesus as being our shepherd. In fact, I want to invite you to turn with me to Psalm 23. About 10 years ago, me and my close friend, my close friend and I, Kyle, we spent some time in the Wadi Rum Desert with a Bedouin shepherd in the country of Jordan. We ate bread and drank tea in his tent. We slept in a cold cave. But we watched him take care of his flock. He was a good shepherd. I never wanted to forget the moment that I spent with him. And, and so he had a staff that he had made from wood, and he used the staff for 40 years. And so I tried to ask him if I could buy his staff from him for 50 bucks, and he said no. And so uh, I threw in my headlamp, bartered with him a little bit, and he said yes. So I've had this staff with me for 10 years. And it's oftentimes I'll take this staff when I'm praying for you as my church family. Now, more than ever, I pray that the Lord's presence, that you would sense him to be close to you, that you would sense him to be near to you, that you would understand that he is a good shepherd. I'm so glad that you're here that we can continue this series called With You Always. We've changed up our series because we need to remember that the presence of God is with us during these hard times. You know, as a pastor, as a shepherd, I know these are difficult times, but we must not forget his presence and we must not forget 
that we have great joy. At the beginning of the year at our State of the Gate address, I cast vision and I said, hey, this is gonna be the year of greater joy. And we never could have predicted that just in a few short months that we would experience perhaps the greatest trial of our lives. But the Holy Spirit is reminding me that our joy is not dependent upon a crisis. It's dependent upon Jesus. The Bible says to rejoice when you suffer all kinds of trials. The Lord is doing a work in your life, in your character. He's doing a work in our church. We got to trust him. And on the other side, there's going to be great joy. We also can see this is a time of great rejoicing because many are turning to Jesus. This is a, an awakening that the Lord is revealing himself. And many of our friends, of our family members are turning to Jesus during this time. But don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't forget to smile. Don't forget to, to laugh. You know, I even thought about bringing a dad joke to you this morning. But I've been in quarantine, so all my jokes are inside jokes. <laughs> I think it's funny. I have no idea if you thought that was funny. If you think that was funny, can you show me some love? Shine your brights at me. Give me some laughing emojis online. All right, good, good, all right. <laughs> but all seriousness, let's look to the Word of God and ask Him to reveal four ways that He wants to take care of you during this time of crisis. Number one, God's presence as a good shepherd is always with you. The good shepherd's presence is always with you. Psalm 23, verse one says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Notice that scripture says he has to make us lie down. We don't naturally want to lie down with, do we? We don't naturally want to be still. But during this time, he has silenced a whole lot of things. A lot of things have shut down. You've been forced to be at home, to be still, to be silent. So listen to the voice of your shepherd. Treasure these times because he wants to restore your soul. It says that. He says, he leads you beside the still waters to restore your soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Observe that says, even through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, aren't we? We're walking through the valley, the shadow of this coronavirus. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of change. Some of you are feeling anxious, whether you or a loved one might be infected by this disease. We've called upon many of you, and we know that a great fear is the, the financial part of this. And some of you have lost your job, and you don't know if your job is going to be secure. Man, we don't know if this is going to be better on the other side or different. It's going to be hard. But there's one thing for certain, God is not gonna leave us or forsake us. And we're not gonna leave you either. As a church family, we're gonna be with you. And we want you to know, as I, I want you to know as a pastor, that I care for you, that I pray for you, that I love you. I wish I could, man, I, I'd ask that you just lock all your doors. I just wanna climb down off this roof and give every single one of you a hug. I wanna go to your doors and just take you in my arms. I love you, I miss you. I'm glad that we can have this moment, but I can't wait for the day that we're gonna be together again. This is gonna pass. You're gonna be okay. We're gonna rejoice. We're gonna celebrate how God has redeemed this moment. But we've gotta trust in the Lord. We've gotta trust in each other that he is with us. 
And you may not feel like he's with you. And you may have the emotions of anxiety, worry, or being afraid. But when you spend time in the presence of the Lord here together on Sunday or with your small group virtually or even with your, small, with your family or by yourself in your, in your closet, your prayer closet or your secret place, as you draw close to the Lord, Scripture says he will draw close to you. Your worry will turn to worship. Your pain will turn to praise. If by faith you express gratitude and worship, open up your Bibles. I, I challenge you this week to immerse yourself into the Psalms. Psalm 91, Psalm 101, 103. Choose a gospel and say, Lord, would you reveal yourself to me? Read the words. He will speak to you. He will be found if you search to him with, search him with all your might. He will be with you. He loves you. Your secret place is so important. You're only going to go as far as your secret place will take you. Be with Jesus in intimacy and close fellowship. The good shepherd's presence will always be with you. Second, the good shepherd will always provide for you. Turn with, you, turn with me in your New Testament to the Gospel of John, to my favorite passage of Scripture in John chapter 10. It's one of the eight I am statements that Jesus says, I am a good shepherd to reveal how much he cares for you as a flock, as a sheep. It says in John chapter 10, verse three, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Verse 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus cares for you. He wants to provide for you. You know, years ago when I spent time with that shepherd, early in the morning, we woke up and we watched him take the sheep into his hands, especially the lambs. And he would look at them in the eyes and he would inspect everything about the lamb. He'd make sure that they were okay. And then he would bring the lambs to his mother. And then he would make sure that these lambs would latch on. And I've got a little lamb right here. It's kind of become my buddy this morning. And I don't know, what, what kind of name should we give him? He looks like a Lambert to me, so... Uh, but I'm, I'm reminded of when that Bedouin shepherd took a lamb and put him in my arms. And this scripture became so real to me. And as this lamb, that lamb that I held, latched on to its mom, I'd never been around sheep before. You know, I wasn't, never grew up near a farm, never milked anything. <laughs> but when that lamb began to feed on its mother, and I remember feeling its throat and seeing that, just sensing how it was getting nourishment I thought about you. I thought about our church family and how important it is that you be fed and that, that you feed yourself on the, the word of God. First Peter says it's like pure milk and that you would be provided and you would be cared for. And Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11 says that he as a shepherd will tend to his flock and he will carry the lambs in his arms and hold them deep to his heart, near to his heart. And I want you to know that the Lord loves you, that he cares for you, and that he holds you even when you don't feel like it, that he is near. He loves you. He knows your voice. He knows how many hair are on your head or, or the lack thereof. But he cares for you. And he wants you to turn your eyes upon him. And knowing that when everything is stripped away, that when you think of 
other things that might provide for you that knowing that Jesus provides the most important things, peace, joy, life, love. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is your shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. May you go to him, seek him first in all of his righteousness and everything will be added to you. In time, he will provide everything that you need. Go to him as your provider. He loves you. My hope and prayer is that you would not hear the weak voice of a pastor on top of a roof, but that you would sense the presence of God and you would hear his voice, his whisper, and know that he's near, that he loves you, that you would sense his supernatural presence, that you would receive his supernatural provision in the only way he can, that you would love him and see him as a good shepherd. What God does in us, he does through us. You were created in the image of God. If you are his children, you are to walk in his nature and his character. Peter learned this, one of his, uh, Jesus's disciples. When he betrayed Jesus, he went back to his former job of being a fisherman. And after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he met Peter on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and prepared a breakfast. And he asked Peter three times, do you love me? When Peter would say yes, Jesus said, would you take care of my lambs? Would you feed my sheep? Would you tend to the lambs? You see, God cares deeply about his flock. He cares deeply about you. And just as he's caring for you, he wants you to care for others, to help others. It was during 1940, the Great Blitz, in the city of London, when Germany began to rain down bombs for 57 straight days. Could you imagine seeing the explosions, hearing the sirens, smelling the smoke, hearing the news of loved ones and friends that passed away, everybody hiding, hunkered down? But from the journals of the Churchill family, they observed a stark contrast of those who stayed hunkered down in their shelter versus those who found a way out to help others, specifically those who found places of worship, who helped those who were hurt and injured in shelters. And those people who helped others, they were emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally more healthy than those who remained isolated. Find a way to help others. You can do this by making phone calls through social media, through finding a way when we don't know what's in front of us, times could get harder, but we must meet needs. Love finds needs and meets them. Help others. Care for the flock, care for those in your small group, care for your neighbors, care for those in our city. God wants, His Spirit wants to move in and through you. So God's presence is with you. As a good shepherd, He will provide for you. As a good shepherd, He will protect you. John chapter 10, it marks how Jesus will protect the sheep from the wolves. A hireling will, will leave when the threat is there. Know that Jesus wants to protect you, your heart and your mind with supernatural peace. When that fear and anxiety come up and you go to the Lord and pray and with thanksgiving, make your request known to the Lord and allow the peace of God to guard your heart and mind. Don't focus on what is changing, focus on who is unchanging. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. His presence is unchanging. His promises are unchanging. God loves you no matter what. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. God's provision is unchanging. 
God's protection will always be yours. His grace is unending. He loves you. Finally, the good shepherd will pursue you. He says in John 10 that there are sheep that are not yet in his flock that he desires to be so. Matthew chapter 18, verse 12 through 14, it says, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them is gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. So it will not, so it is not the will of my father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God's will is that you be part of his flock. He loves you. He laid down his life for you. There's a story of a shepherd long ago that had a unique way of branding the sheep in his flock. He would make a unique notch in the ear of all of his sheep to know that they are his. Well, one of his sheep got away. He began to search for his sheep in the wilderness. One day turned to two, turned to a week. He didn't know if a predator captured the sheep. He didn't know what happened. A couple of years had passed and this shepherd went to a sheep auction. And as he was surveying all the sheep, he noticed one sheep had the notch in his ear. He knew that that sheep was his and he went to the owner and he explained the story. And the owner said, legally, this sheep belongs to me. If you want the sheep, you're gonna have to win the sheep in the auction. And so during the bidding, the, the value of the sheep escalated two times the worth of this sheep. But the man did not care. It belonged to him and he bought that sheep. He redeemed that sheep and as he held that sheep in his arms, he said, you're mine for two reasons. Number one, you've always been part of my flock. And number two, I have redeemed you. Jesus, he laid down his life for you. He's redeemed you. He's bought you with a great price. It was his blood that was spilt while he was hanging on a cross. He's redeemed you. His arms are outstretched. He loves you. He's pursuing you. Would you turn to him during this great time of trial? Would you surrender your life to Jesus? Would you call upon his name? The scripture says, whoever calls upon his name shall be saved. If you confess your sin, repent of your sin and turn from sin and turn to God, he will forgive you of your sin and you can find new life in him. May we bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your supernatural presence. I pray in the stillness of this moment, we would have faith to believe that you are near, that you would meet needs in this church family right now. However you need Jesus to meet your needs, I'm gonna ask that you do something, something physical, something tangible. If you need to sense God's presence close to you, maybe you feel alone or forgotten, would you just take one hand and put it on the other? and just begin to cry out to God. Say, God, would you be near to me right now? If you need the Lord to provide for you in any way, peace, financially, I want you to just take your hand and put it over your heart. Say, Lord, would you provide for me right now? Cry out to God, call upon his name. If you need the Lord to protect you, just put your hand on your, on your head and say, Lord, would you protect my mind from thoughts of fear, of anxiety, or worry of the unknown or the future? Give me peace. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, maybe your life is filled with condemnation or shame and don't believe the lies of the enemy. The Lord loves you. He's convicting you of your heart. He's drawing you to himself. He loves you. He wants to forgive you. 
Would you just open up and extend your hands like this, your arms towards him in a moment of surrender and say, Father, pray this with me. Father, I'm so sorry for breaking your heart. I'm sorry for being like that sheep who's gone astray. Please forgive me. I call upon your name. I believe Jesus, you're the son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins. And I confess my sin, whatever that sin is, just confess it. Pride, lust, selfishness. We turn from that sin and we turn to you, God. Your word says if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all of unrighteousness. And I pray in this very moment, by the mighty name of Jesus, that you would cleanse every mind, that you would forgive every sin, that you would give hope, that there would be an awakening, a desire of a new life in you, that we can be forgiven, a new daughter, a new son, a new creation. We thank you, Father, just in your own words, express gratitude for salvation. It can only be found in Jesus. Father, give a hunger and a desire for your word, for Christian fellowship. Father, from this moment on, we choose to follow after you. This is a decision that we trust in you as our Savior and our Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus.